If you want to build trust, mitigate conflict, encourage communication, and increase collaboration, try team building and do it in a way that it doesn't feel like a day at the office. I'm Lilia Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyond Se Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market. And this is In Camera Podcast, where we believe in the power of human connection. How are you today? Good. How are you, Leo? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking, Grace. And it's really hard to believe that June's coming to an end. Before we know it, it's going to be 4th of July. And then, you know, we are kind of like in the second half of the summer, heading towards the fall. And that's it. Another year's gone by. So I think, you know, it's remarkable and there's a lot of exciting things happening on the second half of the year. Of course, there's the conferences we were just talking about, right? So there's going to be Pioma at the end of June, which probably is going to be happening on the week that we are publishing this episode. There is going to be also, uh, well, the Linear Academy that just happened at the end of June. And then there is the event of... Oh, Trial Lawyers University. Yeah. Try Lawyers University, Master It's Made Perfect. Then there's going to be the CRISP AAJ, event. At AAJ's a, before all of that. And AAJ on July. Yeah, I mean, Seattle anyhow, July. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a pretty packed kind of like second half of 2022. So I think that's going to be exciting. And then right into National Try Lawyers, which again, as always, is in Miami, but back at the Lowe's Hotel. So that's also going to be something to be looking forward to. So... That's just what's happening in the conference uh, cycle side of things. And of course, there are some others that we may not be mentioning here, but that they are relevant for other lawyers, whether they're local for their uh, for, for their states or for some of the boards or associations that they're part with. So, of course, a lot happening, Grace. But um, we wanted to talk here about retreats, team retreats, right? Yeah. And I think... This comes at a great time, right after we had a great conversation with Reza from Torque Law, who's a big, big advocate about team building and having the right culture at your law firm. And he, one of the things he mentioned was that having opportunities to bond together as a team, now that most of their team are remote, uh, has been essential to keep this culture alive and thriving. And of course, in his case, he's also talking about now at the initiative of their own team members, other activities and other get-togethers are happening. But as a business owner, you definitely need to take the initiative and put together events to bring together your team to re-energize, re-engage them, and I think most importantly, align the vision and revisit some of your other core values to make sure that they're still relevant and they're still uh, being put in place in the in the in the operations and in the daily events of the of, of the business. So, Grace, 
after this very lengthy conversation, I, I think you have a lot to contribute on this because just this year, you've planned two retreats for your organization, uh, which is the Lake Law Firm. And I believe I can also put up a few cents of thoughts into this because we just had ours uh, with our team in Mexico City. And I think it's really important, right, to talk about what are kind of like the elements and the ingredients that need to be put together to have a successful retreat, one that you can, at the end of the event, say it was worth it. But most importantly, for your team to actually think that it was a great use of their time and a great experience in the overall. So Grace, take us away. Uh, so yeah, I mean, when it comes to corporate retreats and just events in general, right, they all have elements that go into an event, right? It, it starts with having a purpose and why, the, the why behind the driver. Why are my, why should I have a retreat? Why should everybody come together? And that will help drive the format for the retreat or the event that you're going to be running for the company. Um, but yes, I mean, from the very beginning, just to Liel's point, what he's saying about having a company retreats and meeting with each other, you know, it's so, so important, particularly after everything that happened with COVID. I mean, with so many people gone remote and so many companies that have individuals in different parts across the United States or even across the world, right? I mean, we've gotten to the point where you've got development teams for law firms working in, I mean, just about anywhere. It could be yep. Colombia, it could be Mexico, it could be wherever yep. you choose. And the yep. same with the call centers. So yep. um, Brian Labovic, right? Um, he has a team of, he said about 14 programmers and developers in India um, that work on their own software solutions. So yeah, absolutely. Um, nowadays it's very common to have international teams. Yes. And so we actually also have an international team um, when it comes to certain parts of our call centers. Um, they are in-house outsourced. So it's an interesting blended model that really shows us this is something that you have to do. You need to meet with your teams one way or another, and there needs to be a cohesive way of doing that. So part of the corporate retreat came out of um, Fireproof, as a matter of fact. And many of you may or may not recall, we have a podcast with Michael Morse about his book and his program, Fireproof. Uh, we actually are working with them as well, and they're going to be one of the days of the corporate retreat where we're going to go over the Fireproof and the flames that we came up with from the last retreat. That we have. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna do a session for yeah. your retreat on your retreat. Amazing! Yes. yes, that's great. Yeah, that's great. So we've Thanks actually hear how that goes. Yeah, we're framed around that, and we're going to have our entire management team there, being held accountable for the flames they were given for a year ago at the last retreat, almost exactly one year ago today. Right. So, you know, when it comes to creating a retreat or a company outing or a company something. You want to go in with the idea of reinforcing the company vision, the company message, and the culture is so important. I cannot even tell you how important the culture of a, of a firm, of a company is. And this is because you 
you, people, I think, fail to remember that they work with the people more than their people that they're at home with. And what do I mean by that? You spend more time at work, right? Think about it. Monday through Friday, you spend more time at work than you do with people that you live with. I mean, right? I mean, your significant others, even your children a lot of times, because you're spending eight hours a day, sometimes tw 10, 12. I mean, those of us that, that, I mean, this is our jobs, right? And we love what we do in most cases, particularly if you have a good culture at your firm, everybody loves what they do and they'll put in their all and then some. So reward that good behavior and consistently remind people that this is what we're trying to achieve as a firm, as a company. And that's what the retreat is for. So when we started going and looking again, okay, we're going to have another retreat. What, what was kind of like the first elements that we looked at? That's location, location, location. So while there are people, <laughs> right, that are not necessarily can't come physically to here, those are people will get Zoom links and things like that. But yeah, around, totally. Yeah. Before you go on, Grace, I think that's a really, really important thing that you're bringing up. And you're you're talking here about planning, choosing locations and stuff. And before we even get into that, I think it's very important that you set up realistic expectations about who can attend in person. Who is it essential for them to be in person and who is important for them to participate, even though if it's not in person for part of the sessions and obviously which sessions. And I don't think you need to necessarily limit yourself to have an all or nothing. Of course, in an ideal world, you would want to have everyone sitting there in the same room the entire duration of the uh, event. Now, the reality is that, as you're saying, whether it's because uh, some team are international, some of them may be limited by their ability to travel to the destination of where the retreat is going to be uh, taking place. And sometimes you have other operational constraints that cannot free everyone to be available for the event at the same time. So you just need to take those things into consideration and set up priorities. Okay, so we're going to make it a priority to have every single full-time employee that it's US-based present in the event. And so you start from there and then you start layering off as to what other events are going to be important for those that are partners to the organization, maybe not actual uh, full-time employees, but they are uh, working as uh, part-time contractors or whatever that is, right? And so you start creating the sessions and events that are going to be important for them to be there and, and figure out a way that you can integrate them through a virtual component to to the event and 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 i think it's very important we cannot lose that flexibility of remaining hybrid we should not look at virtual com elements of our of our retreat as as a downsize uh, the the whole opposite right it's much better to do it that way than not to do it at all and and then here is the other thing that i also think it's important to keep in mind when you are in the stages of planning think about what of what of those sessions are is worth documenting in the way that um, you know, maybe because of the time difference or whatever, some members of your team even won't be able to join virtually. So is it worth making sure that you have a way of recording the session uh, to do some video production so that it can be then shared with other team members uh, at a later stage? And not just that, right? Also with new hires that are not even yet part of the team, but these are very, very rich sessions that I certainly can be used for training 
training purposes down the road. So you really need to kind of like think about not just the event itself and the here and there and who's going to be there in person. You need to try to expand the view and, and really try to get the most out of it. Because as you're going to hear now from Grace, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into planning this event. So you want to squeeze as much resources and engagement from this as you can. So sorry for that um, interruption. No, no, that was super important. You're 100% right. And then some actually, um, those were all elements that we ended up learning a little bit while we were doing the, our very first retreat, which was only a year ago. So, we, you know, when it comes to technology, we are, you know, we also have persist. So at least we're very comfortable with using technology and setting it up and knowing what we have to have at the event to set that up. But yeah, to your point, I mean, I ended up setting up one Zoom link that stayed open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. during the meeting times so that anybody that needed to could join. And we had a moderator, right, that would allow people in or mute them and just take care of that whole component when it comes to the technological part of it, right? Because you want people to be able to join. You want people to be able to see. You want to record it. And you don't want to have all these million links that everyone has to click on and decide and figure out if you can have one, right? It, it may not be that easy, but yes, part of the planning is what technology do you need to be able to get the most out of this retreat? You know, are you going to have presenters? Are you going to have outsourced people? Are, you, are people that are going to be there be presenting to the people that are joined on the call? Yes, yes, and yes in most cases, right? So you do have to make sure that you test all those components, that all those components work, and that you're very clear on what the agenda is going to look like down to who's going to be letting people into the meeting virtually. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> um, so that's the stuff that I end up working on. Um, we have uh, you know, a person that generally helps us with setting up events when it comes to internal events, and that is uh, Taylor. He's one of our... Uh, staff members here at the Lake Law Firm, and he organizes all of the stuff that comes to the retreat events. So, you know, when it comes to creating a retreat, you there's a lot of people involved, right? And as I was saying, Taylor is one of the individuals that assists us with creating the events that go around it, not just the meetings. For the most part, I take care of the meetings and the presentations are taken care of by our um, social media, di digital marketing and director of marketing, Lindsay, um, she will generally reach out to the presenters and assist them with, you know, what the content needs to look like. Uh, and where I come in is specifically to the entire organized agenda, including when management's going to meet, when is staff going to meet, what are we kind of going to be talking about as it's framed with the vision, mission, and culture in mind. So, yeah. you know, what, what Taylor does is also give the the juge, I like to call it, to the event, and that is the outings. Because you can't just have a meeting or a corporate retreat with just meetings after meetings after meetings. You know, as as nice as it is to see presentations and learn about what other people do in your, your company and your team, it's a retreat, so you do need to have some elements of fun, right? Whatever that fun means to you as your firm, include that, because that is probably one of the most important parts or components of a retreat is the team building exercises that you're going to do. And those can, they could be anything, right? It could be uh, something as random as ax throwing. You know, it's something I did for a birthday not long ago. So that's why it's at the top of my mind. Um, and I've seen some corporate retreats go do these ax building, skill building, ax building skills and 
just fun things like that. So for us, what we're doing is actually we're going to, since we're going to be going to NOLA as uh, part of our retreat, we're going to have museum tours. We're going to have cemetery tours and all of those things that are specific to the location of where we're going to be. So, you know, when you're thinking about the retreat, it is, it is a lot, right? It's a, there are a lot of elements that go into it and it needs to be location. Who needs to be there? What are the subjects? And everything needs to be framed around the why, right? It's because we want people to feel a part of a team. We want them to learn from each other. We need them to understand and be all part of the same path. And I think that that path is probably one of the most important things to share with your team. And that includes your org chart. It sounds so simple. Yeah. Right. I mean, totally. I, I, can you say something a little bit about the org chart? Because I know that you you are very good about defining those types of things. And, you know, I, I'd like to hear your input on the org chart. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're just going back even a bit further into other things that you've mentioned just now. I, I think it's super important what you're saying here about having the balance in between just bonding with the team. Right. And doing recreational stuff that help nurture interpersonal relationships within the team. And that's great. I think that's an essential part and probably one of the biggest benefits of doing this type of retreats. And then balancing that out also with well-thought activities and workshops and meetings that are about reinforcing strategy, reinforcing the vision, and, and obviously, you know, holistically, the entire retreat as, as an event should have uh, the reinforcement of culture as a goal. I think one thing that is uh, very important, Grace, is particularly in a growing organization like yours, remind the team who are the different team members, right? And what do they do, especially in these times of remote working where teams are not necessarily sharing the same space and they, and they and, you know, before in office spaces, you would have a big idea where they are and kind of like what they do, who they communicate with. Now in the virtual space, it is very common to have almost completely siloed teams that are not talking with other parts of the organization. And so what happens there is that it can become, there can be a, a gap can emerge, an unintentional gap can emerge in understanding how the overall of the operations of the organizations work, right? And the importance and value of the work that they are not seeing and, and, and that it's not necessarily having a direct line impact to them, but definitely defines the, the success levels of the organization of to a certain extent. So I think, you know, building activities around generating that awareness about uh, creating opportunities for these unlikely to work together colleagues to actually have an opportunity to, to share thoughts, ideas, opinions, and to get to know about what are the different tasks, how their days look like, what are the challenges they have. And I think that's going to be important in not only just generating that awareness, but unifying the team. And it's really mind-blowing when you throw in problems that one department or one sector of the organization is having into the center and other other team members that have nothing 
to do with it on a daily basis, um, start coming up with ideas to troubleshoot. And, you know, sometimes they don't work, right? They don't necessarily have the entire context or the experience to come up with uh, the right solution. Uh, but oftentimes they do come, they come with fresh ideas, fresh vision, and with just potential different approach that has not yet been tried. And so this cannot not be a great exercise to have. And obviously there is a hundred different ways that you can do it, but certainly should definitely be one of the centers of the, of the event. The other thing is, um, you know, it can never be said enough. Talk about talking about what's, what's next. You're halfway through the year. Where, where do you see yourself being by the end of the year doing kind of like a reality check? Are we, where we kind of like what you're saying about the, the flames, right? Are we actually dealing with the, with the, problems that we identified, how well are we into this year in solving the challenges that we've identified? Have we done enough? Is there something that we could do better? What we need to change? So it's a good point of doing that. And, and that requires a lot of honesty and a safe environment for people to feel in a place where they can talk about things openly without feeling that there's going to be an immediate blowback to them if if things were not to be where they're supposed to be and uh not to lose the focus of course that is you know the whole purpose of having that conversation and such as like how as a team think you know we can come together to find solutions to push us together through and to find the right support systems for the individuals who who are either going through a challenge or seeing great levels of success that they can share insights with other team members so that they can also leverage that that uh, that success that they are having. So, uh, you know, I think it's great. And final point here is if you have open positions, if the organization is growing, is expanding, it's another great opportunity to, to discuss about that, up, upcoming opportunities, um, new expansion projects and such. Why? Because I think it's very important to keep in mind that you may have colleagues inside your organization that are very comfortable with the job they're doing and not necessarily seeking other opportunities. You may have others that are actually looking into what's the next move that they can make, uh, hopefully inside the organization. So uh, never underestimate those interest levels and um, opening up the doors to, to your existing talent for potential new opportunities that are in the organization. And maybe they already are the, are the right fit for it. And if they're not the right fit, then start grooming them so they can become the right fit eventually. Maybe it's not right for the get-go, but eventually they could be. But um, that's very important to really keep your team engaged and committed and wanting to stay with you on the long term. So um, definitely... There's no shortage of opportunity in these type of events to to talk about team organization growth. So um, yeah, those would be my my ideas, things that I would throw into the agenda, wanting to try to cover all of those. So pretty sure that that's what you have in yours, and maybe more. Definitely, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny that you all the things you mentioned actually. It, it's just starting with two. I mean, one being the growth room within and the grooming. I don't like to high, uh, I don't like to fire people, right? And particularly not for, um, for certain reasons that don't make sense, right? Like, so our company culture is such that if you are good at your job, you're detail oriented and you know what you're doing, but 
you might make a mistake here or there. Maybe it's the pace of what you're doing. I mean, there's a couple of variables or factors, right, for every department we have. And we've got about four real departments that I could call departments where people would have different functions in each. We have weekly meetings where everybody is gets to speak their mind as to what's going on within their department, whatever might be happening. And then we have spotlights for every department. So what comes out of that, generally speaking, is someone tells us that they are either uncomfortable or unhappy or potentially there's an issue with the process. We take that and we use that as an opportunity rather than a problem where we can pinpoint, I can pinpoint with using data because I use Zoho CRM and I, I do data stewarding at night where I'll just review kind of how many people are logged in, how long they were logged in, how many times they logged in, and what patterns I'm seeing in that login and the work that they're doing. And I'm able to identify that people are spending too much time on any particular either case type or status or problem, right, or department. With that being said, it allows me to then give the opportunity to everybody on the team to feel like this is not big brother, big sister watching you. No, this is the company is watching what's happening to allow us to make agile decisions, not just based on what you are telling me, but what we're seeing trending and it's happening. So too many cases are ending up in medical records department. That's not their fault. That means too many cases are ending up in medical record department. Why? Why? The why can be told by data. You know, maybe there's a flood of cases that are coming from this other department, whatever it might be. So when it comes to those things, we don't, we don't like to fire because we are able to shift somebody's role and responsibilities to what they're best at. And that happens a lot at the beginning. So I can tell you, I could tell you probably five people that were shifted from one department to another, weren't doing quote unquote too well in the department they started in for one reason or another, whatever it might be. We retrain them, put them in another department after seeing what their skill set was best at. Once they move to that new department, guess what? They are flourishing. So, you know, when it comes to what you were saying, Liel, craft that around the retreat. Get that information out from the people. And a lot of times it's hard to get that remote, right? Or virtually. So these retreats, use them as that type of development for your team, development for the firm. And that's what we do. You know, I tend to, I, I actually plan on speaking to two or three people that are internal to our team that are going to be at the retreat because I want to know what they want next. And the best way to do that is in person. And because I've been noticing some of these people are doing phenomenal, but I maybe they don't know that they can do even better. Maybe they don't know that they have the capacity to do better. Maybe they just haven't spoken to anybody that's told them that, wow, you're doing great. How about I move you into this role with more responsibility, more, 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 more for you? Is that something you want? So like you said, it, those are the types of conversations that are best had in person if you can. Obviously, you should have them with all of your team members and your staff regardless and regularly as part of your policies and procedures. But when it comes to the specifics of a retreat and the goals behind it, the goal should always be help the team out, help the team help us, and make sure everyone is aligned with all of your ideas, visions, and goals. And that includes staffing and putting them in the right department. 
Yes, absolutely, Grace. I think, you know, those are all very good points. And and as you said, right, I mean, I think there's sometimes you need to make hard calls um, when a team member is no longer the fit or outgrown the position and looking for growth beyond what you can provide, you know, in their best interest, you need to let them uh, pursue the next move in their career. And that's, um, you know, that's the right thing to do. But obviously you want to try to to keep your uh, A players engaged and wanting to continue growing in your organization. And I think that's one of the bigger elements of creating this type of uh, outings or retreats is to make sure that the team is re-energized and motivated to what's coming next. And I just, you know, before we move into takeaways, I think now that we we are at least doing hybrid models, if not fully remote operations, it's more essential than ever to to invest in in these opportunities and you know sometimes you can do it like you're just doing now where you're taking a whole block of days and dedicating them to this and that's really a luxury and it's a great way of being to conduct it if you can sometimes you'll just have to be a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more versatile with this and maybe it's going to be a one day outing from morning to evening maybe it's going to be a two day mini retreat maybe sometimes you're going to have to break it down by teams and just take some head of departments or if your organization is big enough you're going to want to do an executive retreat there's obviously going to be different ways that you can do that it not always has to be kind of like uh, every single team member needs to be part of it there's different purposes and different reasons why you want to do this sometimes in smaller groups but the bottom line is that you know what if what you can do is a happy hour a month and and use that as an opportunity to to take care of the social aspect of things then that's great because that's still going to help a lot that's still going to add to the to the social to the sense of belonging to the community part of things so so that's important and um you know, there's other, there's other smaller, could be integrated more into the routine of the operations that also have a lot of value. Just looking into this, you know, keeping up the balance between the work and the interpersonal relations that the team has. Nowadays, you can also leverage technology for these types of things. And for instance, we use an app inside our Slack that it's called Donut. And what Donut does is it sends us reminders when somebody's birthday is coming up so we can make sure that we're doing something nice to celebrate them. And every uh, couple of weeks or every month, you can set it up to select two team members and set them up into a one-on-one conversation that can be, it's a half an hour conversation and it, it, it needs to be about everything outside of work. You're not allowed to talk about work. And so it's a great way of making sure that these conversations that allow you to get to know uh, your team members at a personal level and keep up with their lives at a personal level are is not getting lost in the walls of remote working. So, yeah. There's a lot of options. It's not just a one-way route, but of course, if you are in the position where you can do these types of retreats like uh, you guys are doing, it's 100% an investment. I think you cannot look back at this, you know, being on the last day of your retreat or the first day back at work after having gone to a retreat and think this, this, it was not worth it. And if that's your feeling, then you probably, you're probably you didn't organize it well enough. Uh, but you know what, Grace? I think even if you go there and you have a lot of fun and you don't touch a 
sell out of the agenda of work, that's still already a win. But if you can do both, it's even better. Yeah. Every time we've, well, the last, the one time we did it so far, um, if you take a look at our IG on, on the Lake Law Firm, you can actually see the uh, a highlight reel done by Lindsay. <laughs> it's very cool. I was like, oh, that's right. I remember that. So yeah, it definitely is. Everybody comes yeah. back re-energized if it's done yeah. right. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Grace. All right. So really great insights, Grace. And before you go into your last hours of planning, before you head out of your on your upcoming retreat, which of course, we hope you get to share with us some afterthoughts after the event. Um, what are some takeaways that we can use to close up this conversation? Plan, 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 plan. I cannot yeah. emphasize that enough. And when I say plan, I mean, incorporate everything we talked about most importantly, culture, value, mission, and team building. So those, if you can incorporate those at the very basic, most minimum and plan all of that, you will have a successful retreat, truthfully. And, and it can be virtual. It can be in person. It can be whatever it might be, but do it, get it done and have a regular meeting with your people and your staff. You need that regular touch point. You know, whether it's in person or virtual it, at this point with the way the world is working, it doesn't matter. Not really. And it's always best in person if you can, of course. But I think all of us are comfortable and used to this point, you know, so there, and then there's additional elements that you can always add to that virtual component, right? Like both of you get Uber Eats cards and you eat lunch together or you both have a cocktail together off work hours. You know, there's a, a bunch of ways of doing this, but plan, 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 and make sure that you understand what your, what your why is at the end of that event or meeting. Yeah, that's a really good point, Grace. Uh, plan for it, right? Mm -hmm. Don't expect for it to just, you know, materialize from the nothing, your company retreat. A lot of works, a lot of work needs to be put into this. I think a great place to start looking at the calendar, block dates, and then stick to that. And, you know, obviously the more anticipation you use into planning this, the the better odds are that you're not going to have or see yourself in a position, be yourself in a uh, situation where you're going to have to make a lot of adjustments because um, you can also let know your team with enough anticipation for it not to create conflict or uh, face conflict from other other things that may be happening if you're trying to do it with, uh, with short notice. So... I would say rule number one is commit to the idea by first looking at dates, then announcing them to the team and getting them also to commit to it. That's going to be very important because at the end of the day, if you're going to put all of this work into planning it and all of this work and, and the investment, right, that it means to put together this event, then to find out that a few team members will not going to be joining because they've already had something going on that week that holds them off from going is not going to be uh, great for the retreat as a whole. So plan. Great one, Grace. What's your number, number two? Number two is... Have your company vision, mission, and organization chart defined as clearly as you possibly can and even print it out. That's what we're doing. So we're actually printing out our org chart, our mission, our vision, and everything that goes into who we are as a law firm so that it's 
in your face, you're able to see, and there's no question as to what we are trying to achieve as a company and together. I know that can be technically part of planning, but the reality is there are certain things that I think need to be in print. You know, well, maybe not print. It could be up on a screen, you know, virtually on a giant TV. It, it doesn't matter, but it needs to be present is what I mean. And so why do I feel like that that is important enough to mention as a takeaway? That's because people need to know who's responsible for what and be held accountable. And you can't hold somebody accountable if they don't know what their role is and what their responsibilities are. And things shift a lot in law, right? I mean, sometimes someone might not be here anymore or someone, uh, we got a new case type. So now my, my role has shifted slightly to this or shifted slightly to that. If you don't have clearly defined roles and nobody knows exactly who they're supposed to report to, including new hires in particular, that there's not a clearly defined structure, it causes chaos, just plain chaos. There's no question about that. And you may think in your head as a CEO or founder or, or business owner that, oh, but everybody knows what they're supposed to do, that you're in accounting, you're in this, or you're in that. Not so. Until you draw lines on a board and tell somebody, you report to this person and this is your responsibility and you are accountable for this, you cannot assume. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred percent. Especially when you're at the top, when you are either owner, CEO, you name it, you can very easily fall into the idea of believing that everyone in your organization knows as much as you know, and that obviously never is going to be right. And uh, what you're saying there, Grace, about having such clear understanding and this is going back to what you were talking about importance about uh organizational charts is knowing very well who are they responding to what they are accountable for and obviously with that comes setting up smart goals for your team member and and again um not too sure whether a retreat is a place to set up smart goals at a personal level but certainly a good opportunity to discuss what could be the goals of the organization as a whole that then gets trickled down into different team members during uh, performance reviews or whatever other type of organized meeting you have with your colleagues to to set this one up on a one-on-one -on -one basis but it's so important right to to continue reinforcing how is that the organization only structured from the standpoint as to who are you reporting to, who they are reporting to, and how is it that everything that they're doing under their job responsibilities having an overall impact in the organization um, so they can also take pride on, on the success and the accomplishments that have been done um, and if not also feel the pressure of what needs to be achieved that hasn't yet been achieved or it's not on track to be achieved. So yeah, 100% grace. I think that it's one of the biggest things that you'd need to uh, leverage the opportunity of on the event. And for the last takeaway, Grace, I'm, I think I'm going to uh, go for it. And it's it's one of the things that you brought up in the conversation that it's uh, don't forget about the fun, right? It's it's not all work. It's, it's, it's not all about strategy. It's not all about being business oriented. It's about just enjoying your team's company, 
it's about being able to connect at a different way that you do on a daily basis. And most importantly, elevate the quality of relationships that you have with your colleagues at work. Elevate the relationships. You know, it, it's, I, I, I count myself lucky, Liel. I work with my sister as the COO. Um, our head of medical records works with her brother. So, you know, we, we actually have quite a few family members working here together in our firm. So when it comes to team building and liking and spending time outside of work, we do that already naturally because we're family and we like each other. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's so important that you have that bond with your teammates and your team members. You know, it doesn't have to be obviously family. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's your family or you're not, you know, you were born together or not, but this is your teamwork family, you know, and it, it's great to like them, you know, and, and I think on our last podcast, Reza was talking about that, right? He was like, you know, you, you know, they, they spend time together by themselves. Don't expect that that's going to happen unless you create that culture. And so, you know, build that culture, make sure that's the culture that you have, because people that work with each other that like each other are going to be more productive. It's just the way it works. So do it. <laughs> That's right, Grace. Grace, thank you so much for a great conversation. Have lots of fun on your retreat. And we'll be back. We'll we'll interrupt your retreat so we can record another conversation. That's how committed we are to this. But um, of course not. We'll we'll do it at a time that you are not busy with it, but we will have a conversation. Thanks so much. Have a great time and looking forward to our next one. Thank you, Leah. You too. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at intamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week.